0: Thank you. So we are on page 311 in the Visuddhimagga, chapter 9, The Divine Abidings, and we're on section 91. And Aurora, would you start us off?
1: Yes. General, now having thus known these divine abidings, told by the Divine One, supremely wise, there is this general explanation too, concerning them that he should not recognize.
2: Now, as to the meaning firstly of loving kindness, compassion, gladness, and equanimity. It fla- it fattens fattens uh machati. Uh, Thus it is loving kindness, metta is the solvent. Uh is the meaning. Also, it comes about with respect to a friend, Mita, or it is behavior towards a friend, thus it is loving kindness, metta. When there is suffering in others, it causes karoti, good people's heart, to be moved. Uh kampana thus it is compassion, karuna, or alternatively it combats uh, Ginnati, others suffering attacks and demolished, demolishes it. That is, it is compassion or alternatively, it is scattered karyanti upon those who suffer. It is extended to them by privation. Thus, it is compassion, karuna, those endowed with it are glad, oh, mudanti, or itself is glad, mudati, or it is the mere act of being glad, mudanna. Thus it is gladness, mudita, mudita. Uh, it looks on at upikati, up, Upikanti. Abandoning such in inter, interested, interestedness ness, as thinking, may they be free from enmity and having recourse to, neutral, to neutrality. Thus, it is equanimity, upeka.
3: As, as to, to I have a
4: question, sorry, ah, uh, um uh, when we pay respect to the Buddha, is that an instance of metta?
3: No. How do we identify that quality of the mind?
5: Which quality?
3: Um, feeling
4: respect to the Buddha. Um, here it says... Uh, uh, it also comes about with respect to a friend,
3: so. Ah, uh, no. The, the,
5: this is the use of the word "respect" in an in, in an idiomatically English way, it means in regards to a friend. In relation to, uh, with respect to means in relation to.
4: Ah, okay, okay.
5: It has nothing to do with paying respect.
4: So, uh, the feeling of respect has nothing to do with the uh, pure birds. Is that correct, Mata?
5: I wouldn't say it has nothing to do with it, but it is not one of the four Brahmaviharas. Okay.
3: As to the characteristic, etc.,
6: loving kindness is characterized here as promoting the aspect of welfare. Its function is to prefer welfare. It is manifested. As the removal of annoyance, its proximate cause is seeing lovableness in beings. It succeeds when it makes ill will subside, and it fails when it produces selfish affection.
7: Compassion is characterized as promoting the aspect of allaying suffering. Its function resides in not bearing others' suffering. It is manifested as non-cruelty. Its proximate cause is to see helplessness in those overwhelmed by suffering. It succeeds when it makes cruelty subside, and it fails when it produces sorrow.
5: Okay, I can't remember whether we've had this yet. I think I've explained this, but there are four. You see that he's talking about four different things. Each, we're going to see this throughout the script, the text, if we haven't seen it already, is there are four aspects in the Abhidhamma to each uh, Dhamma. So each of these dhammas is now being uh, discussed. If you study the Abhidhamma, you you already have a familiarity with this. Um, But it's the a function, the manifestation, the proximate cause, and I think maybe the characteristic. The first one, as to whether it succeeds and fails, that's extra. Right. So the characteristic, the function, the manifestation, and the proximate cause. These are the four uh aspects that make up a description in the abhidhamma, so that's quite standard, and we'll see that again
3: So regarding Karuna uh
4: now, if we see someone helpless uh uh should it always be that we should go and help if uh, we We are to successfully practice karuna, or if we don't help, does that mean we don't have karuna at that moment?
5: Yeah, I think that's correct, but they have to we have to uh qualify that by saying it's not a sign of unwholesomeness if you don't have if you don't cultivate karuna, but for someone who is dedicated to this practice, I think it would be um appropriate to go and help at every instance every occasion. Now, if someone's not that keen on it or that interested in it, they, they have no need to go and help just anyone. But there are cases where um, not going to help someone leads to cruelty. Uh, when you decide not to, that's out of cruelty, or cruelty arises. Or karuna um, is, is often used to, to counteract cruelty that's innate in us. But it doesn't mean that just because you don't help someone means you're cruel. I mean... We'd have to see exactly what's going on, but I think that's the case. There's also a certain aspect of of wisdom when it's appropriate to help, when it's actually going to be helpful, when it's of greater benefit to the other person than it is a detriment to you. That kind of
3: thing. I see. Uh, it may also help to uh,
4: subside cruelty within you. Uh, the kind of cruelty that, I mean. For instance, if you as as a child, you might feel like stepping on ants or playing with magnifying glasses. That is also cruelty, right?
5: Well, that's outright torture. That's what I mean by cruelty is just um, the kind of anger feeling that arises when you refuse to help someone. Kind of uh, dis- disregard, in the sense you get kind of. Uh, Angry at the thought of helping them.
4: I see. But uh, anger is, the opposite of anger is metta, right, Bhante? So cruelty should be a little different?
5: No, it's still a kind of anger.
4: For example, the kid playing The opposite of metta
5: is hatred. Hatred is one type of anger. So there's hatred and cruelty. But they're both anger-based.
4: For example, a kid playing with ants may not necessarily have anger towards the ants. He just wants to have some fun.
5: Ah, oh, right. Yeah, that's a good point. You can be cruel for other reasons. Uh, it could be explained that way. I'm, I guess I'm not entirely clear. They're, they're a bit different. Uh, Meta, if I remember correctly, is called the Adosa. It's, so it is actually the exact opposite of, of anger. Um... Yeah, so you may be right. There's a bit of a difference there. But I still think uh, actual cruelty is No, I guess that is a good point. That cruelty could be
3: moha-based. Thank you. Uh Linnea, are you able to read 95 force? Oh, sorry. I just noticed you were you were muted there. Penelope, are you able to read 95 for us?
0: Okay, yeah, it takes a little bit to get the microphone synced and all that. Um, 95. Gladness is characterized as gladdening, produced by others' success. Its function resides in being unenvious. It is manifested as the elimination of aversion, boredom. Its proximate cause is seeing beings, success. It succeeds when it makes aversion, boredom, su- subside, and it fails when it produces merriment.
4: Equanimity is characterized as promoting the aspect of neutrality towards beings. Its function is to see equality in beings. It is manifested as the quieting of resentment and approval. Its proximate cause is seeing ownership of deeds, thus Beings are owners of their deeds, whose, if not theirs, is the choice by which they will become happy, or will get free from suffering, or will not fall away from the success they have reached. Success when it makes resentment and approval subside, and it fails when it produces the equanimity of unknowing, which is that worldly-minded indifference of ignorance based on the house life.
8: Purpose. The general purpose of these four divine bindings is the bliss of insight, an excellent form of future existence. That particular to each is respectively the warding off of ill-will and so on. For here loving-kindness has the purpose of warding off ill-will, while others have the respective purposes of warding off cruelty aversion boredom and greed or resentment and this is said too for this is the escape from ill will friends that is to say the mind deliverance of loving kindness for this is the escape from cruelty friends that is to say the mind deliverance of compassion for this is the escape from boredom friends that is to say, the mind deliverance of gladness, for this is the escape from greed, friends,
3: that is to say, the mind deliverance of equanimity. The near and
9: far enemies, and here each one has two enemies, one near and one far. The divine abiding of loving kindness has greed as its near enemy. Since both share in seeing virtues, greed behaves like a foe who keeps close by a man, and it easily finds an opportunity. So loving kindness should be well protected from it and ill will which is this similar to the similar grid is its far enemy like a fall ensconced in, in a rock widen, wideness. So loving-kindness must be practiced free from fear of that. For it is not possible to practice loving-kindness and feel anger simultaneously.
5: Compassion has grief based on the home life for its near enemy. Since both share in seeing failure. Such grief has been described in the way beginning, when a man either regards as a privation failure to obtain visual objects cognizable by the eye that are sought after, desired, agreeable, gratifying, and associated with worldliness, or when he recalls those formerly obtained that are past, ceased and changed then grief arises in him such grief as this is called grief based on the home life and cruelty which is dissimilar to the similar grief is its far enemy so compassion must be practiced free from fear of that for it is not possible to practice compassion and be cruel to breathing things simultaneously
1: Gladness has joy based on home life as its near enemy, since both share in seeing success. Such joy has been described in the way beginning when a man either regards his gain the obtaining of visible objects cognizable by the eye that are sought and associated with worldliness or recalls those formerly formerly obtained that are past, ceased, and changed, then joy arises in him such joy as this is called joy based on the home life, and aversion, boredom, which is dissimilar to dissimilar joy as its far enemy. So gladness should be practiced free from fear of that, for it is not possible to practice gladness and be discontented with remote abodes and things connected with the higher profitable, profitableness simultaneously
2: equanimity has the equanimity of unknowing based on the home life as its near enemy Uh, since both share in ignoring faults and virtues such unknowing has been described in the way beginning on seeing a visible object with the eye equanimity arises in the foolish Infatuated, uh, ordinary man. In the untaught, ordinary man who has not, not conquered his limitation, who has not conquered future, gamma, result, who is un, unperceiving of danger, such equanimity as this does not surmount the visible, object. Such equanimity as this is called equanimity based on the home life, as greed and sentiment which are uh, dissimilar to the similar, unknowing and its far enemies, its far enemies. Therefore, equanimity must be practiced free from fear of that, for it is not possible to look on to look on with equanimity and be inflamed with greed or be resentful simultaneously.
3: Oh, simultaneously. Simultaneously. Okay, thank you.
6: Now, zeal consisting in desire to act is the beginning of all these things suppression of the hindrances etc is the middle absorption is the end their object is a single living being or many living beings as a mental object consisting in a concept
7: the order in extension the extension of the object takes place either in excess or in absorption here is the order of it just as a skilled plowman first delimits an area and then thus his plowing, so first a single dwelling should be delimited, and loving-kindness developed towards all beings there in the way beginning, in this dwelling may all beings be free from enmity. When his mind has become malleable and wieldy with respect to that, he can then delimit two dwellings. Next, he can successively delimit three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, One street, half the village, the whole village, the district, the kingdom, one direction and so on up to one world sphere or even beyond that and develop loving kindness towards the beings in such areas. Likewise with compassion and so on. This is the order in extending here. The
0: outcome. Just as the immaterial states are the outcome of the casinas, and the base consisting of neither perception nor non perception is the outcome of all concentration, and fruition attainment is the outcome of insight, and the attainment of secession is the outcome of serenity coupled with insight, so the divine equanimity is the outcome of the first three divine abidings. For just as the gable rafters cannot be placed in the air without having first set up the scaffolding and built the framework of beams, so it is not possible to develop the fourth jhana in the fourth divine abiding without having already developed the third jhana in the earlier three divine abidings. And here it may be asked,
7: by
4: why, but why are loving-kindness, compassion, gladness and equanimity called divine abidings? And why are there only four? And what is their
3: order? And why are they called measureless states in the Abhidhamma? It may be replied the divineness of the abiding,
8: Brahma viharatha, should be understood here in the sense of best and in the sense of immaculate. For these abidings are the best in being the right attitude towards beings. And just as Brahma gods abide with immaculate minds, so the meditators who associate themselves with these abidings abide on an equal footing with Brahma gods. So they are called divine abidings in the sense of best
3: and in the sense of immaculate.
9: Here are the answers to the questions beginning with why are they only four? Their number four is due to path to purity and other sets of four, their order to their aim. As welfare and the rest, their scope is found to be immeasurable so Measureless states their name.
5: For among these, loving-kindness is the way to purity for one who has much ill-will. Compassion is that for one who has much cruelty. Gladness is that for one who has much aversion or boredom. And equanimity is that for one who has much greed. Also, attention given to beings is only fourfold that is to say, as bringing welfare, as removing suffering, as being glad at their success, and as unconcern, that is to say, impartial neutrality. And one abiding in the measureless states should practice loving kindness and the rest like a mother with four sons, namely, a child, an invalid, one in the flush of youth, and one busy with his own affairs. For she wants the child to grow up wants the invalid to get well, wants the one in the flush of youth to enjoy for long the benefits of youth, and is not at all bothered about the one who is busy with his own affairs. That is why the measureless states are only four, as due to paths to purity and other sets of four. That's a really good passage, something to quote.
0: I had a question on the the third one. Karuna, they're referring to it strictly as um, aversion and boredom. I I've um, seen it described as um, you know combating jealousy as well and envy. Does that come into this as well?
5: Or you can you Garuna's number two. Which one are you talking about?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. I I meant uh, Mudita number three.
5: Yeah, it's interesting that uh, aversion and boredom are the two translations. I can take a look and see what the actual Pali is. Thank you. I bet it's badika, which would mean um, sort of, uh, not aversion, but um, being against someone. How do you say that? Uh, Opposition to someone. So opposition to their good deeds. Just a second. You can continue on with me. I'll come back. I can come back to it just interrupt when i find it
0: thank you uh also bante
4: i'm not really clear about what is the near enemy of uh, mudita
3: could you give an example for that please i think it said the failure was merriment
5: what 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 is the, i don't understand your question sorry
4: uh, the near enemy of, of enemy of modita
3: i just
5: i've just lost the text here i'm trying to get back to
3: what does it say is the near enemy
0: In, in 95, it says, um, gladness it fails when it produces merriment, but I'm not sure if that's the near enemy.
5: It doesn't mention a near, a near enemy. enemy.
0: Oh, yeah, here, uh, gladness has joy based on the home life as its near enemy.
5: Okay, is that, uh, is that what you don't understand? Uh,
4: uh, yes, but I mean, if uh you become happy of somebody winning a lottery, is that a bad thing?
3: For example, if someone wins a car
4: or gets a new house, I mean, that's...
5: No, homeless, no, right? that, that... it. I mean, it could be a problem, but that's not... What's being talked of here, as I understand, is uh festivity or, or joy rejo- enjoying like partying. When you... Like going, like dancing and singing and just enjoying sensuality, but being, oh, being happy, uh, like having a sense of joy and bubbliness. Um, it's the near enemy because it's quite similar. It, so there's a joy when you see someone get something good or do something good, either way. But uh, oh, there's there's a, there's oh, a similar true. joy when you're just enjoying life, like having a party or something and enjoying being around other people, and you confuse the two. You think, well, this is great—the joy of life, right? It's considered to be one of great, life's great things, and it's not. It's a near enemy to to, to useful joy, which is joy in, in goodness, joy in things that actually lead somewhere.
4: Or oh, if you become uh, happy when you see someone drinking alcohol and partying. I don't think it's, it's
5: that's him. what's meant here. I don't think it's about something. I think it's just joy in the household life, like household joys.
3: I see. So that joy is about
4: yourself, right? Not about another.
5: Well, it's joy in household things, in 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 things that are contrary to the path. So, joy in parties and that kind of thing.
3: All right, thank you. Um, is Monte? Is this
6: also a place where maybe some people feel like they want to have enlightenment and? really successful life as well be considered a near enemy
5: yeah that's uh, an interesting point i don't think it's exactly spelled out here but there's a part when you're when you're excited and and ambitious i mean it's, it's nothing to do with the brahma viharas but if you're talking about near enemies it's yeah it's a different kind of success But this is quite clear here. It says, when a man either regards as gain, da-da-da-da-da, objects cognizable by the eye that are sought and associated with worldliness. That It's talking about experiences that are sensual pleasure. And one gets joy as a result. Oh, what, what a beautiful thing. Or what wonderful music. Let's dance kind of thing.
3: Thank you. Stop distracting me! I'm trying to figure this out, this other thing out. Oh, you're welcome. What was I looking up again? uh, A version border. Yes, for mudita. You can go ahead. You don't have to wait. me.
1: Page 315-109. One who wants to develop these four should practice them toward being first as the promotion of the aspect of welfare, and loving kindness has the promotion of the aspect of welfare as its characteristic. And next, on seeing or hearing or judging that beings whose welfare has been thus wished for are at the mercy of suffering, they should be practiced as the promotion of the aspect of the removal of Suffering And compassion has promotion of the aspect of the removal of suffering as its characteristic. And then, on seeing the success of those whose welfare has been wished for, and the removal of whose suffering has been wished for, practice as being glad. Gladness has the act of gladdening as its characteristic. But after that, there is nothing to be done, so they should be practiced as the neutral aspect. In other words, the state of an onlooker and equanimity has the promotion of the aspect of neutrality as its characteristic. Therefore, since their respective aims are the aspect of welfare, etc., the order should be understood to correspond with loving-kindness stated first, then compassion, gladness, and equanimity.
2: All of them, however, occur... With the measureless scope, for their scope is measureless beings, and instead of assuming a measure such as loving kindness, etc., should be developed only towards a single bee, or in an area of such an extent, they occur with universal pervasion. That is why it was said their number four is due to paths of purity, and other sets of four, their order to their aim. As welfare and the rest, their scope is found to be immeasurable. So measureless, measureless states
3: are their name. Though they have a single characteristic in having a measureless
6: scope, yet the first three are only of triple and quadruple jhana. Respectively, in the fourfold and fivefold reckonings. Why? Because they are not dissociated from joy. But why are their aims not dissociated from joy? Because they are the escape from ill will and so on, which are originated by grief. But the last one belongs only to the remaining single jhana. Why? Because it is associated with equanimous feeling for the divine abiding of equanimity that occurs in the aspect of neutrality towards being does not exist apart from equino- equanimous feeling.
7: However, some, someone might say this. It has been said by the Blessed One in the Book of AIDS, speaking of the measureless states in general. Next, bhikkhu, you should develop the concentration with applied thought and sustained thought. And you should develop it without applied thought and with sustained thought only. And you should develop it without applied thought and without sustained thought. And you should develop it with happiness and you should develop happiness and you should develop it accompanied by gratification and you should develop it accompanied by equanimity. Consequently, all four measureless states have quadruple and quintuple jhana.
0: He should be told, do not put it like that, for if it were so, then contemplation of the body, etc., would also have quadruple and quintuple jhana. But there is not even the first jhana in the contemplation of feeling, or in the other two. So do not misrepresent the Blessed One by adherence to the letter. The Enlightened One's word is profound and should be taken as it is intended, giving due weight to the teachers.
5: Okay, uh, do you want to, can I butt in here with the idea of boredom aversion? Yes, please. So the word is arati. Arati. arati means uh, delight, arati, and as near as I can tell, what it's saying is, remember we're talking about the near enemy being um, joy in in regards to sensual, pleasant, sensual uh, objects. So objects of the senses bring joy, and that's similar to joy in good deeds that others get. So the, the far enemy is The associated aversion, or not the associated, but the corresponding aversion towards unpleasant sense sense experience. So, it could be considered um, so related to karuna in terms of you feeling angry when you see people get good things. So you see something, someone else get get come into a lot of money or something something good, or or even worse, you see them doing a good deed and you get angry about the good deeds that they're doing. Uh, or jealous, or so on. I mean, there's an anger state, and that anger is the far enemy. I mean, that's really what we're, I think, trying to do away with, in or it's part of what we're trying to do away with anyway, in in regards to murita. So that's uh, it. Shouldn't be translated as boredom for sure. It's the non-delight or or the aversion, really. Jealousy would
4: be a better word, right, Banta?
5: It's not jealousy, um, but jealousy is certainly a part of it. I think it's it's the the translation is it's the direct opposite of the joy, the the joy that comes from certain sensual experiences.
3: So the aversion to
0: aversion to good things happening to other people.
5: I mean, I think that's that's obviously what we want to aim for, but um, I think it's more general in terms of. He's just talking about the state of aversion towards sensuality, the opposite of joy towards sensuality.
0: Okay, thank you, Bhante.
2: Would that be like uh, stemming from envy or jealousy, maybe?
5: Yeah, as I just said, that's sort of what we're aiming for, but I don't think that's uh, exactly what he's saying, although I think it's maybe what he's implying.
2: Okay, thank you.
3: And the intention here is this the Blessed
4: One it seems was asked to teach the Dhamma thus. Venerable Sir, it would be good if the Blessed One would teach me the Dhamma in brief, so that having heard the Blessed One's Dhamma, I may dwell alone, withdrawn, diligent, ardent and self exerted. But the Blessed One had no confidence yet in the Bhikkhu, since although he had he had already heard the dhamma. He had nevertheless gone on living there instead of going to the going to do the ascetic duties, ascetics' duties. And the blessed one expressed his lack of confidence thus: "So, too, some misguided men, merely question me, and when the dhamma is expounded to them, they still fancy that they need they need not follow me. However, the bhikkhu had the potential." Had the potentiality for for the attainment of arahantship, and so he advised him again saying that, uh, therefore Bhikkhu you should train thus my mind shall be steadied quiet quiet quite steady steadied internally and a recent evil unprofitable things shall not obsess my mind and and remain you should train thus and remain you should train thus. But what is stated in that advice is basic concentration consisting in mere unification of mind internally in the sense of sense of in one self. <clears throat> After that he told him about its development
8: by means of loving kindness in order to show that he should not rest content with just that much but should intensify his basic concentration in this way. As soon as your mind has become steadied, quiet, steadied, uh, quite steadied internally, and arisen evil unprofitable things do not obsess your mind and remain, then you should train thus. The mind deliverance of loving-kindness will be developed by me, frequently practiced, made the vehicle, made the foundation, established, consolidated, and properly undertaken. You should train thus bhikkhus. After which he said further, As soon as this concentration has been thus developed by you, bhikkhu, and frequently practiced, then you should develop this concentration with applied thought and sustained thought and you should develop it accompanied by equanimity
9: the meaning is this bhikkhu, when this basic concentration has been developed by you by means of loving kindness then instead of resting content with just that much you should make this basic concentration reach quadruple and quintuple jhana in other objects by further developing it in way beginning with applied thought.
5: And having spoken thus, he further said, As soon as this concentration has been thus developed by you, Bhikkhu, and frequently practiced, then you should train thus. The mind deliverance of compassion will be developed by me, etc. Pointing out that you should effect its further development by means of quadruple and quintuple jhana in other objects, this further development being preceded by the remaining divine abidings of compassion and the rest.
1: Having thus shown how its its further development by means of quadruple and quintuple jhana is preceded by loving-kindness, etc., and having told them, as soon as this concentration has been developed by you, Bhikkhu, and frequently practiced, then you should train thus, I shall dwell contemplating the body as a body, etc. He concluded the discourse with arhanship as its culmination thus. As soon as this concentration has been developed by you, Bhikkhu, completely developed, then wherever you go, you will go in comfort. Wherever you stand, you will stand in comfort. Wherever you sit, you will sit in comfort. Wherever you make your couch, you will do so in comfort. From that, it must be understood that the three beginnings, beginning with loving-kindness, have only triple-quadruple jhana, and that equanimity has only the single remaining jhana. And they are expanded in the same way in the Abhidhamma as
2: well. And while they are twofold by way of the triple-quadruple jhana and single remaining jhana, still they should be understood to be distinguishable in each case by a different uh efficacy consisting in having beauty as the highest as the highest, etc. For they are so described in the Halidawasana Sutta. According according as it is said, Bhikkhu, the mind deliverance of loving kindness has beauty as the highest, I say the mind delivering deliverance of compassion has the base consisting of boundless space as the highest. I say, the mind deliverance of gladness has the base consisting of boundless consciousness as the highest. I say, the mind deliverance of equanimity has the base uh, consisting of nothingness as the highest, I say.
6: But why are they described in this way? Because each is the respective basic support for each. For beings are unrepulsive to one who abides in loving kindness. Being familiar with the unrepulsive aspect, when he applies his mind to unrepulsive pure colors such as blue-black, his mind enters into them without difficulty. So loving kindness is the basic support for the deli- the liberation of the beautiful, but not from what is beyond that. This is why it is called having beauty as the highest.
7: One who abides in compassion has come to know thoroughly the day materiality, since compassion is aroused in him when he sees the suffering of beings that has its material sign cause bearing with sticks, and so on. So well knowing the danger in materiality, when he removes whichever cassina, concept he was contemplating, whether that of the earth cassina or another, and applies his mind to the space, which is the escape from materiality, then his mind enters into that space without difficulty. So compassion is the basic support for the sphere of boundless space, but not for what is beyond it. That is why it is called having the base consisting of boundless space as the highest.
0: When he abides in gladness, his mind becomes familiar with apprehending consciousness since gladness is aroused in him when he sees beings' consciousness arisen in the form of rejoicing over some reason for joy. Then when he surmounts the sphere of boundless space that he had already attained in due course and applies his mind to the consciousness that had as its object the sign of space, his mind enters into it without difficulty. So gladness is the basic support for the base consisting of boundless consciousness, not for what is beyond that. That is why it is called having the sphere of boundless consciousness as the highest.
4: When he abides in equanimity, his mind becomes skilled in apprehending what is in the ultimate sense non-existent, because his mind has been di- diverted from apprehension of what is exist what is existent in the ultimate sense, namely pleasure, release from pain, etc. Owing to having no further concerns, such as may beings be happy or may they be released from pain, or may they not lose the success they have obtained now his mind has become used to being diverted from apprehension of what is existent in existent in the ultimate sense, and his mind has become skilled in apprehending what is non-existent in the In the old sense, that is to say, living beings which are a concept, and so when he surmounts the base of consisting of boundless consciousness attained in due course and applies his mind to the absence which is non-existent as to individual essence of consciousness, which is a reality is become see. In the ultimate sense, uh, then his mind enters into that nothingness, that non existence, without difficulty. So, equanimity is the basic support for the base consisting of nothingness, but not for what is beyond that. That is why it is called having the base of consisting of nothingness as the highest.
8: When he has understood thus, that the special efficiency of each uh, resides respectively in having the beauty as the highest, etc., he should besides understanding how they bring to perfection all the good states being with giving. For the great beings' minds retain their balance by giving preference to beings' welfare, by dislike of beings' suffering by desire of the various successes achieved by being to last and by impartiality towards all beings. And to all beings they give gifts, which are a source of pleasure without discriminating thus. It must be given to this one, must not be given to this one. And in order to avoid doing harm to being beings they under, undertake, the percepts of virtue. They practice reunification for the purpose of perfecting their virtue. They uh, cleanse their understanding for the purpose of non-confusion about what is good and bad for beings. They constantly arouse energy, having beings' welfare and happiness at heart. When they have acquired heroic fortitude through the supreme energy, They become patient
3: with beings' many kinds of faults. They do not deceive when promising We shall give you
8: this. We shall do this for you. They are unshakable, unshakably resolute upon beings' welfare and happiness. Through unshakable loving-kindness, they place them first before themselves. Through equanimity, they expect no reward. Having thus fulfilled the ten perfections, these divine abides, then perfect all the good states classed as the ten powers, the four kinds of fearlessness, the six kinds of knowledge, not shattered, not shared, and the eighteen states of the enlightened one. This is how they bring to perfection all the good states, beginning with give. The ninth chapter calls the description of the divine abidings in the treatise on the development of concentration in the path of purification
3: composed for the purpose of gladdening good people. That's a really good chapter. Okay, so
5: we've got, I think, uh, a couple more and then we get into the magical powers and then finally we'll get into wisdom and well, still some ways to go but we're almost halfway through. According to the uh, Pali, we're almost halfway through. There's two, two, uh, two parts to the Visuddhimanga and the first part is a couple more chapters. Uh,
3: sabantaya
4: When you practice uh, economy, you can attain the uh, the seventh jhana up to the seventh jhana, the dimension of nothingness. That is uh, uh, the one before nevasanya, nasanya. That's
5: what it says, right? Yeah, um,
4: Yeah. I, mean, I just wanted to confirm that. So the limit, the highest jhana uh, you can achieve is the seventh one, right?
5: Well, that's what the text says. That makes sense. That It's pretty clear on that, isn't it? Yeah.
4: I was just curious well, why it's not possible to attend the eighth.
5: Um. Yeah, because it says it has living beings as its object. I'm actually not sure. I'm, I'm surprised that it can actually be a base for any of the Arupajanas. I'm not quite sure what is meant there, because in the Arupajanas they have different uh, specific objects. Uh, but there is a sense that you're using the original object as a base. I don't know. It's not quite clear to me.
3: Thank
5: you, Bante. Okay, thanks everyone. See you again next week. We'll get on to the next chapter.
9: Thanks, everyone. Salud, Salud,
7: Bante.
3: Thanks a lot, Bante. See you, everyone. Bye, everyone.